what matters the most is not just the individual success, but also how the contribution to other success and creating things based on other people's work really matters. I'm Sean Cheatham, Chief Commercial Officer at Hayes Technology, and welcome to How Did You Get That Job, a podcast which explores the secrets behind career success in the tech industry. In this episode, we are joined by Angie Zhu, who is the General Manager for AI and IoT Insider Labs at Microsoft. In our chat, we'll discuss her career switch from the finance industry, what life is like as a general manager in an innovative space, and we'll touch on the power of networking. Angie, you're presently the general manager for AI and IoT Insider Labs at Microsoft. Is it possible for you to tell us a little bit more about your role? I'm currently managing the labs based in Shanghai. And before I jump into my role, let me introduce a little bit about the labs because it sounds all R&D, but we're actually beyond that. So we're leveraging AI and IoT technologies to help companies like Microsoft existing and potential customers and partners to accelerate their projects. So there are many modules in AI, for example, like computer vision, speech services, machine learning. So we help them to leverage these modules in our platform technologies to integrate them in their products and solutions. So it helps them to save their time in development, testing, and even iterations. So we have facilities in four locations, Shanghai, Seattle, Munich, and also Tokyo. So we receive applications for these companies to come in and we usually select a handful of them, you know, the ones with big potentials. And we are basically a co-innovation platform that helps incubate the project with them. And the Shanghai Lab alone in the past three years, we have done over 150 of those co-innovation projects with both multinational corporations and startups. So my role is to manage the labs and we have a team of PMs, engineers, and even marketing specialists. So other than the day-to-day, a very interesting part of my job is to work with these startups and get to know the most cutting-edge use cases in various industries. Apart from these, I also work with multinational corporations and get to be part of their digital transformation journey. And you'll be surprised how many of them want to integrate AI and IoT technologies in their solutions. Just a quick example of a multinational corporation that we're working with right now. They are this European robotics company, and they are very mature in designing and manufacturing robotics. So... We're helping them to use AI to integrate in their robotic arms to manufacture robots. So basically using robots to assemble robots, which is quite cool. That sounds very cool. You know, just a lot of interesting and amazing projects that we're working with. No, it definitely sounds like it. So how did you get that job? So before I was in finance in PE investment for a few years. And then I decided to take a break and attend this joint MBA program by Tsinghua and MIT. In the process, I got very interested in tech, in AI. So I ended up in this atoms driving startup called Momenta AI. A few years at Momenta, I actually got an idea of how AI transformed driving experience. 
but like also like I was very interested in how AI could help other use cases. This is where networking came into play. I was talking with a friend that I met during MBA. We were swapping stories about work and she introduced this lab that Microsoft just set up in Shanghai. And I got very interested and dig deeper and found out how they're enabling companies with actual technologies. It got me really excited. And that's how I joined Microsoft. Oh, very cool. Networking is key, for sure. You've led over 100 innovation projects. You've worked for both startups and big corps within the tech industry. I mean, talk about the challenges this has presented to you. So no matter the size of the company, whether it's startup or corporation, usually they are working on a new product solution when they come in. And that means they have to go through a long chain process, starting from brainstorming, ideation, and defining the project. And the final step is usually commercialization. So it's a very long process. And when they come in, they could be at different stage in this process. And we try to bring them value in different phases, not just in technical development. So that means it involves a lot of resource allocation and internal and external coordination. For startups, getting resources for them, you know, especially those relatively and non-startups could be hard. So here in Shanghai, I often connect with other external stakeholders to try to get resources for them, you know, like business partners, venture capital firms to help them get funding, potentially get funding and matchmaking them with potential business partners. And for bigger corporations, usually the challenges we see is to get them on the same page to have them buy in the the digital transformation idea, right? So sometimes we use real case studies from other corporations that we've worked with, sometimes not in the same industry, but with the similar logic in tech application. And even sometimes the project actually involves another partner to come in and together build a solution, like a three-party solution. So for us, the communication and coordination is the key. When we first met, you mentioned how your role at Momenta.ai had the biggest influence on your career to date. Tell me more about that and what impact it had. Joining Momenta actually changed my perspective of looking at companies from a different point of view. So I got firsthand experience with how to acquire customers, the intricacies behind it, and how technologies come to fruition. I think I was fortunate to join the company at the right stage because they had the platform technologies ready. They were turning ideas into products. They were starting to do POCs with customers and lending commercial contracts. So even though my role was corporate development to fundraise from investors, I was also part of some sales and partnerships discussions because some of the strategic investors were also potential customers. And they were asking questions on technical metrics and very deep technical questions. So from investment point of view, I was looking at autonomous driving as a whole. So I didn't need to know how perception, how HD mapping would work and how HD mapping is important to Tom's driving, how localization within 10 centimeter of the vehicle would affect the whole solution 
I needed to find out those questions before I could talk to investors. So I was able to understand the technologies from inside out, you know, really getting my hands dirty. And it changed my perspective on tech in general. And it also got me more interested in tech. Now you've most recently become a founding member of the Tech and Innovation Committee for the British Chamber of Commerce in Shanghai. Share with our listeners more about that role. So it's an extracurricular activity that I'm doing. I talked earlier about how networking really helped me to learn new perspectives about new opportunities. I think this is another example. I met the committee chair actually through networking event as well. So their goal was to bring together industry leaders, public sector and nonprofit organizations together to advocate cooperation and commercial ties between China and the UK, especially in the technology sector. So I decided to join the advocacy as it's a great platform to exchange ideas because I'm interested in learning more about what British companies are looking for in China, especially those corporations. While I can also share about how some other corporations in China are doing digital transformation, you know, not just sharing best practices and also like technology trends, the local trends to fill in the market knowledge gap. But I'm also working with other funding members to bridge those corporations with local startups. This actually complements my role at Microsoft perfectly because I'm trying to help those startups we work with in the later stage of their innovative projects. So, you know, like the commercialization stage. So these British corporates, they may be looking for similar products or solutions that these startups are actually doing. And right now we are also planning this focused event of the committee to showcase a few tech startups to a couple of manufacturing industry big names. And from a long-term perspective, I mean, what do you hope to achieve in that role? One is to exchange perspectives, like I mentioned, to get a better understanding of what British companies are looking for, right? Because in the past, I think I've dealt with a lot of American ones because they have a big presence in China. And that's also what the committee's goal is, because they think like here in China, like there's a huge reliance on American capital specifically. And they would like to fulfill that market knowledge gap. And also through these opportunities, I think it's a good channel to also build on my network of startups as well. You know, for them, it's a win-win situation. For more insights into artificial intelligence and how it has become a key fixture within the tech industry, visit hayestechnology.com forward slash artificial intelligence. Let's focus on you a little more here. Um, You've mentioned that you took on your MBA and you made a switch from the finance industry to the tech. I mean, tell us about that switch and some of the challenges with that. For me, I was trying to find a middle ground, right? A middle ground where after switching to tech, I could just easily hit the ground running and contribute to tech immediately. So I found corporate development was the middle ground for me. 
I decided to leverage the communication coordination skills and the fast learning capabilities that I had from finance to basically leverage those in my new career, next stage of career in tech. And also for me, for now, like I still continue to find my value proposition and leverage my strengths. For example, like back in finance, I picked up how to analyze startups operation as a whole. And now I try to see if they have viable business plan. I brainstorm with them, like how to acquire customers, how to meet the needs of their customers and work on their path forward for growth and their positioning in the marketplace. While my team of engineers, they enable them from the technical side, I can also help them with business perspective. It's interesting. It's like you're taking the transferable knowledge of finance and using it from a tech standpoint as well. So now you mentioned, you know, leading some innovation projects in in these situations, you will have to speak to, you know, investors, engineers, marketeers. In series one, we actually talked with Jessica Chaplow and she had the same experience. I mean, she discovered there was a gap in the market and she called it a marketeer versus engineer. Let's take a listen to that clip. I noticed there was a massive dichotomy between people in industry and agency who were very set as marketeers, who were very commercially savvy, you know, can really weave an incredible story using data, using consumer insight for the power of an incredible marketing campaign. But when it comes to the technology side, the conversation runs a little bit dry about the actual mechanics of how different technologies work. And then I noticed that you've got the engineers who are incredibly tech savvy, know how everything works under the hood. But when it comes to maybe making it sound a little bit cool and selling that story in, they really struggle. For me, that was the beginning of what I just call like the distinction between engineer versus the marketeer. And I just said to myself, I really want to sit at the nexus of these two worlds. And what are your thoughts around that? So I have similar opinion regarding this. So for me, my suggestion is to understand and speak both languages in business and, you know, engineering. So, you know, I could translate between the two parties when I need to. After I joined Momenta, I started to learn the engineer's language. Part of my job was to sit down with the R&D leaders of different teams trying to understand their latest milestones in development in R&D. And at the beginning, it wasn't easy for me. As you can imagine, engineers, they often got all excited talking about a lot of technical details. And then I had completely lost and had no clue what those meant. So to understand things better, basically, I went on these test rides in autonomous vehicles with them to, you know, stare at this tiny screen in car to look at those perception results, like people, cars, and other objects you'd run into on the road. It was a very fun and invaluable experience to me. And then I needed to translate those to language that investors would actually understand. So when I do an investor pitch, you know, the first thing was usually to introduce the company business. And I was describing it as autonomous driving brain. So for investors, I would explain to them perception is like human eyes and HD mapping is like the memory of human. Just a simple example of how I like to translate them. 
What tips would you give some of our listeners now for really having effective communication? I think it would be to really stand in other people's shoes, right? To understand what they are looking for, like to understand the language they are speaking. Because for engineers, if you talk about business aspects all the time, focus too much on that, it wouldn't make much sense to them. So I think it's better to first understand what they care about and basically to describe them in the aspect that they would actually want to know. So Angie, what has leadership taught you about yourself? So being the head of the labs, it taught me many things, right? Like one thing is to look at the bigger picture. So basically take the 30,000 feet point of view on the startups that, you know, we work with. I found out that I was more interested in, you know, the whole picture of application instead of a single piece of technology. And I also really like to connect people. I have a pool of internal resources at Microsoft. And also I meet with a lot of startups and I really enjoy the matchmaking process to connect them with the right people, the right resources. So I was kind of surprised that I actually enjoy this very much. Another thing that I discovered throughout this process is a Microsoft culture that really echoes with me. What matters the most is not just the individual success, but also how the contribution to other success and creating things based on other people's work really matters. That really echoes with me after managing team when I had the experience of managing a rather diverse team of different functions. You're a translator and a matchmaker. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. One of the most discussed topics in the podcast today has been around diversity, certainly within the tech industry. I mean, what's been your observation and maybe experience as well? Microsoft really stresses diversity. And I feel in the past, there's a preconception that women are less interested in technology in general. With efforts made by everyone, the tech education is more widely available to young women. So more women are actually starting out a career in tech. And I can actually see through you know, our engagements at the labs that more and more women are starting out their own companies in tech. And through working with female executives and co-founders, I found women actually have their own advantages in this tech world, you know, such as communication skills and empathy. And that's really important in tech. And now it's really the part of the podcast where we like to look to the future. I mean, how do you think your role as general manager of AI and IoT will change and adapt in the years to come? We see that a lot of multinational corporations right now, they are focused on innovation more than ever. And the reason I'm saying this is we see a lot of innovation labs are being set up by large companies, even in traditional industries. And they're aiming to source new ideas and startups that meet their digital transformation needs. And they're trying to build this extensive network with startups. So my role as a part of a platform company, Microsoft, we're exploring this new model of testing new products, solutions of our large partners. So this is a new direction that we're taking right now. Instead of having these partners try to find their own customers, we are trying to push this solution, this product together to market. 
So sometimes we bring in third-party partners. We help them to test out together. We jointly build these three-party solutions. And instead of having them just work out their product in their own company, in their own lab, we have them work with us, with partners, and test with customers and get customers' feedback directly so they can quickly iterate their products or solutions. This will not only shorten their product or solution creation cycle, it also helps to reduce the uh, product testing cycle as well. And what skills would you recommend to our listeners to focus on to have a role like this? I think first of all is the communication coordination skills, because it involves a lot of communication with business and tech leaders. So a lot of multinational corporations, especially that we meet with, sometimes they come in when they have a new product idea. It's not just their business leaders that come in. They also bring in their technical leaders as well. So, you know, they have a good business case while they make sure that tech-wise it's viable. And this role requires a lot of collaboration with startups. So I think it will be beneficial to have entrepreneurial mindset with a similar mindset. They are more likely to understand the startup's needs. And lastly, I think it's a passion for tech. I think it will be helpful to enjoy learning tech, you know, to keep up with the latest tech trends. On that note, I mean, you, you talk about AI, you talk about IoT, but there's other tech emerging and evolving. I mean, what are your thoughts for our listeners on what they can do to embrace tech and keep themselves up to date? I think AI and IoT are very broad categories, I would say. If someone's interested in AI, I would suggest finding a niche under the big umbrella because my experience told me it's much easier to understand how AI works by putting it in a specific application rather than just starting out learning general AI theories like what convolutional neural network is, you know, and how it works. Totally lost me there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, especially for people without the computer science, data science background, right? Like me. <laughs> so for me, I started out learning autonomous driving, you know, and how AI works behind it. Later in my career, when I encountered all these various use cases, I was able to like easily apply the general structure and grasp things faster. I also enjoy reading blogs. So one of the tech bloggers that I follow very closely is Ben Thompson. I find it very beneficial for me to actually learn from other people's perspectives on the latest tech trends. This is also great, Angie. So looking more longer term now, what are your career goals? So for me, I find it very exciting to be part of something big, some emerging technologies that can really change the world. So even though I'm not this data scientist or IoT expert that can create technologies. I really want to be part of something that can help accelerate that happening. You know, some of the projects that we're working on right now, they are very interesting, like AI-enabled drug discovery. So basically using AI to accelerate the process of developing drugs for, you know, some rare disease or the heart ones. In the future, I think it will be really exciting to allocate more time and resources in projects like those that can really change people's way of living in a good way, of course. Wow, that sounds like you're really at the edge of it. 
You spoke about the AI jug discovery. Are there any other special projects which you can share with our listeners? Yeah, uh, another project that we're working on right now, also pretty interesting. They have these IoT devices. It's those electronic shelf labels that a lot of stores like supermarkets, like Starbucks, they're using it to replace the paper text to show the price and other product information. So basically, you can change the price when you're not even in the store, right? And you can change the price in a few seconds from the back end. The batteries in those tags can last 10, 15 years. It's very environmental friendly. So no more chopping down the trees. And also like, especially if towards the end of the day, you know, like they need to sell the groceries faster. So they lower the price. They have rolled out this solution in Europe in some um, supermarkets and it helps save the food waste, you know, the groceries by 30% per store. So it's really um, environmental friendly and we're helping them not just to scale those, but also to roll out those solutions in the States as well to promote in other markets. Yeah, that's really cool because when you think about how many of those tags they have to change, even if they just did it in a, in a week. It would take hours to get that done in the technology you have to do it immediately. So that's really cool. Angie, this has been great. I really appreciate the time. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That was Angie Zhu, who is the general manager for AI and IoT Insider Labs at Microsoft. I was inspired hearing Angie talking about having an open mind and wanting to put herself in the shoes of her colleagues to better understand their more technical aspects of their roles. It really shows her entrepreneurial mindset and sharpens her ability to communicate more effectively with engineers and investor audiences. The one thing from this interview that stuck with me, and I say it a lot to candidates and clients, is the power of networking. You never know where a conversation will lead you to. So stop and speak to colleagues and find out more about what they do. Join us for our next episode, where we'll be speaking to Ivan Wu, the Chief Information Officer at the QI Group. With the way that technology adoption continues to grow, I'm sorry, but I don't know what other field should inspire people nowadays other than technology, because everything you do is directly or indirectly related to technologies. That's my personal belief. I'm your host, Sean Cheatham, the Chief Commercial Officer at Hayes Technology. And you've been listening to How Did You Get That Job? To find out more about Hayes Technology, visit our website at hayestechnology.com. And to never miss an episode of this podcast, hit follow wherever you get your podcast from. 